Once I was finally out of school, one of the things I was looking forward to and excited about, now that I had some money, was going out and actually picking out a car that I wanted rather than settling for the car that was available to me. It was not fun. It was not a, the adventure that I thought it was going to be in the least. For one example, I went to an old established dealership that is no longer with us, and I told the guy the car that I wanted and I showed it to him. He said, oh, you don't want that. I thought, yeah, I do. And so uh, he said, let me show you something else. So took me to another car, I said, now this, this is your car. And he told me everything about it. And he tried really hard to get me to test drive it. And I'm going, I said, no, 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 no. Once you test drive this car, you're going to love it. This is your car, I guarantee it. And I can't express to you how much I really didn't want that car. I gave up trying to explain it to him and started to try to extricate myself both from him and to get myself out of there. And I said, you know what? This is a completely new direction for me. I hadn't been thinking about a car like this. I'm going to go home and think about it. And as I was leaving, he grabbed my hand and he said, if you're thinking of buying another car, any car, anywhere else, call me first and we're shaking on it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> If he'd listened to what I wanted to give him money for, we might have been able to make a deal. But he worked so hard at trying to tell me what I really wanted and being wrong. I just wanted to get away from him and from that business. It was as if I didn't even exist, just his idea of who he wanted me to be. It would be kind of like this. Imagine that there were two people who wanted to marry you. The first person determines what love is, what you really want to need, then informed you when it was expressed to you sufficiently and deemed you satisfied and then went on to other projects. The other person too did what they thought might express their love for you, but then asked, do you understand how much I love you? and how much I want you to know of my love, and how sad it makes me to know that I do something that gets in the way of that from time to time. Tell me how to love you better. All things being equal, if you had the choice, which of these two would you more likely consider marrying? Which one makes you feel like you exist and that you matter? And depending on how you, how you answer, it should assist you in understanding today's parable. In the parable, one guy gets up in the temple and basically says to God, here is what I determine what a God should desire from his creatures. I have further determined that I have more than fulfilled the requirements. Therefore, by my calculations, I am deserving of your love and favor. And as proof of this, I present the case as someone I have also determined does not live up to my standards and so does not deserve your love as much as I do. Then that other person gets up and basically says to God, I love you, God. I am yours and I may not always be stunning in that relationship and sometimes I completely blow it 
but I do love you. Help me to love you better in the future. Which of the two examples sounds more like a true love of God? It is the first example that is most in vogue today. There's the joke that in the beginning, God made man and woman in his own likeness and image, and man has been trying to return the favor ever since. <laughs> I was near Chicago a few weeks back, you might remember, and it was interesting walking around town, which was just chock full of churches. Every corner had two or three churches on it, and each one seemed to have a gimmick that they were trying to entice people to join them with. It wasn't enough just to have a cross on the front of the building declaring that it was Christian. They had descriptive signs out front. There was the church that was about all environmental stuff with a sign out front with leaves printed on it and everything and boasting of their activities of, of saving the world through saving God's creation. There was the church that was all about refugees and welcoming everybody. There was the church that was completely draped in rainbow flags. There was one that had a, a whole list of things sitting out on the front, and it says, here we believe in women's health choices, tolerance, diversity, and about five other things I don't remember now. And some of the positions were just... They were Christ's teaching, but exaggerated and taken to the top. But other ones took gymnastics to credit them to Jesus. Jesus was just a product of his time. He meant differently. Jesus changed because we have changed. Sometimes churches across the street, both Christian churches would have mutually exclusive positions, or even sometimes a church would have self-contradictory positions in itself. It was like walking around Little Italy and Cleveland and reading the menus posted outside the restaurants to see if they have what you want inside of them. Today, you can find a church that will tell you just about anything you want to hear. You get to decide who God is and how he wants to be loved and what makes you good. But like the car dealer that didn't seem to need me to actually exist, except in the way that he wanted to serve me, that can mean that there is a God out there that people worship that doesn't really exist. Or does, and what is worship is not the God that was revealed to us. There was a guy who came to see me in my office this past Friday. He's coming back into the church after being away for a little while. And he was, he was searching out Christianity on his own terms. And he said to me, I have to be honest with you, Father. At first, it was quite freeing. Felt like a great weight had been lifted off my shoulders. There was the freedom from my parents, from my community, from my past. And a freedom from what I saw simply as rules and obligations and sacrifices. And the license to lead a life as I wanted. But after a while, that apparent freedom became a heavy weight to bear also. He was the one who had to determine and justify who God was and what God wanted. And he said, I missed the Eucharist. Then there was the deciding after you committed a sin. You know, it comes down to him. I had to decide that God forgave me without the reassuring words. And I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Our culture is much like the ancient story of Narcissus, the beautiful young man who saw his reflection in a river and fell in love with himself. Our culture is so sure of its own beauty that it unwittingly worships itself. And as you can see, even in the churches, the just changing with whatever is popular at the moment. God is a person, albeit a divine person, and he has revealed himself to us. And that is what we have to work with, no matter how badly we may want that to change. We are called to love him for who he is and as he revealed himself to us in the same manner that we are grateful that he loves us and saves us for who we are, even those parts he wishes to heal and make beautiful and virtuous and holy.